listening to Ranking Tracks, part of CKCC Radio. And now your host, Jeff Trellowitz. And welcome to another edition of Ranking Tracks. My name is Jeff, and this is a special treat for everyone because I'm not alone in the studio this time. Joining me is the founder of CKCC Radio, Mr. Chris O'Mealy. Hey, everybody! I'm very. It's a big pleasure to be here. I should say it's uh, really cool to join Jeff on Ranking Tracks for the very first time. I've I was a real big fan of the concept of the show when you first pitched it to me, and I I love. Well, you already know I love ranking stuff because you did Chris ranks the universe with me. Exactly, and when I first pitched this idea of this podcast, one of the first things Chris said to me is. One, you have to do Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. And two, I have to be on that episode. So uh, that, was, that was something that had to happen, because Hybrid Theory is my all-time favorite album, period. Excellent. So if, you, like, if you're going to do my favorite album ever, I want to be, be part of this. And of course, as I told him, and as I told many other members of the CKCC radio family, anyone who wants to come on, is welcome to do it. I know Dan has talked about wanting to be on this podcast, and I'm definitely going to work with him to get him on as well. So we're going to talk a little bit of 2000's Hybrid Theory. Uh, oh, my God, this album is so... So, like I just said, it's my favorite album of all time, but the big thing with Hybrid Theory is that when it comes to like my personal music taste. A lot of my music taste was being formed in my early high school years. And my sister was a big influence on me because she kind of steered me in the direction of the, the hard rock metal genre. In fact, she actually, Jeff, we're going to age ourselves a little bit here, but she made me a mixtape. Oh, no, I I'm quite familiar with mixtapes. So, <laughs> Mem member mixtapes? I remember so, mixtapes. And, uh,. A lot of the music that was on it was there was a lot of Metallica, Beastie Boys. In fact, a lot of License to Ill featured. Episode two um, of Ranking Tracks, by the way, yes, check that indeed. out. Loved it, loved it, by the way. Uh, Foo Fighters was a big one. Definitely want to uh, get some Foo on here as well. So that started to influence my music direction. And what's cool about Linkin Park is that they're my number two all-time favorite band, with Hybrid Theory being my number one all-time favorite album. And they're one of the few bands that I discovered early on when I was finding my musical taste that I discovered all on my own. And it was actually track two, One Step Closer, that was on the radio at the time. That was, I, I think that was the first big single. It was not only the first big that. single, it was the first single. Yes. So... Of course, that's what it was, and I'm like, ooh, this band Linkin Park sounds really good. I want to check some of this stuff out. So I went to a little program called Napster. <laughs> I remember Napster, too. <laughs> We're really aging ourselves here. And I started downloading some of the other songs. I'm like, I really like this band. And I went out with my own money from my summer job, and I bought me a copy of Hybrid Theory. I listened to the whole thing. And at the time, I was definitely one of those kids who was a pick-and-choose-your-song type of kid, you mm -hmm. know? Yes, I'd put in an album or a cassette, but I would always fast-forward through the not-so-famous stuff. This is the first album where I not only listened to all 
12 tracks repeatedly, but I actually could tell you that I'm a fan of all 12 tracks. And this is the first album that got me this way, influenced my music taste, and as a result, I am perfectly comfortable telling you it's my favorite album of all time. All right. And and see, I'm on the other side of it. While I like, I can say I don't dislike Linkin Park to the point that I could say, okay, I do like them. I'm not as familiar with the band as a lot of people are. So this was my first time actually going through this entire album and listening to it from start to finish. See, that's going to be cool, and that's cool for you, and it'll definitely make your list interesting and probably vastly different from mine. Oh, I know it's going to be vastly different from yours because <laughs> of that perspective. So yes. let's but get at, this. But at the same time, uh, uh, I'm, I have no problem with how you order these tracks. And even if you tell me that you didn't like what's my favorite song on it, which I'll reveal when we get to that point, um, that's okay. And I don't have a problem with that. So if any of your listeners were expecting, like, controversy and arguing and hate mail, like I got with Ranks the Universe, uh, I might disappoint them a little bit. Because I'm more excited to just talk about Linkin Park and, of course, the wonderful vocals of Chester Bennington, R.I.P. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we'll get into R.I.P. in just a moment. I first wanted to talk just a little bit about the history of the album. Uh, they actually took quite a bit of time to record this album. According to Wikipedia, it was recorded over the span from 1996 to 1999, and then was actually released on October 24th, 2000. It, like, like Chris said, there are 12 tracks on the album with a length of 37 minutes and 45 seconds. And it basically it, it fits five different genres according to Wikipedia. So that being new metal, which I don't really see as metal, but I guess I can understand it. Rap metal. That's your that's your corn and your limpus yeah. type stuff. It's heavy, but it's also it's got the, the slightly different sound. I know that uh, Papa Roach and P.O.D. were part of that, too. I, I feel like new metal can be kind of objective with a lot of people, but at the same time, it's, um, it's mostly because it involves the rapping, the screaming, the growling. Mm -hmm. That's like the, the, main, the main part of it. So I, I definitely understand that new metal is an acquired taste, and... There's a lot of new metal bands I really don't like, but in this case, I think for Linkin Park, the uh, the rap stylings of uh, of Mike, he's uh, Mike Shinoda. He's got this uh, this style that somehow fits in perfectly with their music, and it's it's hard to explain unless you've actually heard the album, which I would assume all you listeners listen to it before we started talking, because that's your homework assignment, and I don't know why I'm sounding like Sweet Bobby G when I say this, but you know what I'm saying. Like. Exactly. And that's why I also like to announce what album I'm going to do next, so that the listeners can go ahead and uh, do their homework before this podcast is released. Buy it on the iTunes. Even just or go on to Spotify and it... So, yeah. Hit play. Yeah, go on Spotify, hit play. Don't shuffle. Listen to them in order. Yep. And enjoy, and just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. New metal is, you know, it is what it is, and rap metal is, well, again, that's where 
good old Fred Durst comes into yep. play. By the way, if you ever review any of those, let me know because I'll come on just to bury Fred Durst. Oh well, see if I'm gonna <laughs> do Limp Biscuit, I'm burying it all. So, but yep, rap metal would have been the next category, followed by alternative metal, rap rock, which I think is the most leg- legitimate term for Lincoln Park because you do have the two different vocals. Yeah, exactly. And then alternative rock, which, again, I can see, but not. At Linkin Park, I think they they got the alternative titles just because they are such a unique sound all their own. Yeah. And I I think that's a a big key factor there, which, again, is, is great because... Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some 80s hair bands. But you can't tell me that Quiet Riot sounds like Rat, sounds like White Snake, sounds like Poison. I mean, they they do. Yeah. And, well, Poison, to me, always stood out just a little bit differently. But Quiet Riot and even Twisted Sister and Rat and Cinderella is one band. I'm sorry, it's one band. It's one band, exactly. (laughs) And and Linkin Park definitely stands out on its own, and... I, I don't like some of the creative choices they make later on. Like when Meteora came out, that was one where like when I'm adding songs to my regular playlist to enjoy on my premium Spotify, I, there's I definitely do not have the whole soundtrack on there because I found myself skipping not not a ton of them, but at least three or four tracks. I'm just like I don't like this. I'm skipping it, and then their newer stuff especially when Minutes to Midnight came out, I was like, they're changing their style too much. I don't know if I'm feeling what they're doing anymore. And then that was like the last album, full album that I bought. And then I eventually started kind of going the opposite direction. I would buy the singles Mm -hmm. instead. Like, like just, just as an example, when A Thousand Suns came out, I was listening to everything and I'm like, nothing here justifies me actually buying it see i like the song a thousand sons but that yeah i mean i can understand that yeah and that's fine that they went that uh they went that direction i don't have a problem with that whatsoever but hybrid theory to me was a, a true turning point for my musical tastes and really one of the big you know two of my all-time favorite bands other than lincoln park are Disturbed and Hailstorm. And again, those are two I discovered on my own. Nobody influenced that decision to me. You know, yep. I, I hear Down With The Sickness on the radio, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this this sound. This is so heavy and badass. I want to hear more. And then I bought the album. And the first time I saw, I, I heard a Hailstorm song, and forgive me, Lizzie, if you're listening to this, but I don't remember the first song that I heard. Yeah, either but, do I. I. I'm not a big Disturbed guy, but I am a big Hailstorm guy, so I doubt there will be a Hailstorm episode or two coming. I, I yeah, have to. I know, I know it was the strange case of, and I want to say it was probably Love Bites, So Do I. Uh, yeah, I could see that being the first song. Okay. It was either, yeah, I'm almost positive that's the one that caught my attention the first time. So... And the but fact that's... that, Link, like like we were saying with this album, it was so influential, and what makes it that much more amazing was it was the debut album. You don't see a lot of bands, 
it, it takes a lot of time for bands to quote unquote find their sound. But mm-hmm. this was the highest, the best selling album, debut album since Appetite for Destruction. Which is crazy when you think about it. Like, when you think how many bands came out from 87 to 2000, yet this is. The- oh, go ahead. Oh, and listeners, if you'd like to hear Jeff Rank, Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> You can sign up at patreon.com slash club kayfabe for only five bucks a month and hear bonus episodes of ranking tracks. Nice. All right. Now, before we actually, oh, no, I don't blame because I was thinking of a way to do that myself. So uh, before we actually get into the album, like we said, unfortunately, a few years ago, we did lose lead singer Chester Bennington Uh, again. When I told a friend of mine that I was doing this album, she pointed out that you could hear all the pain that he was in, even in 2000, that almost every one of these songs is a cry for help. And so as I was listening to it, because she told me about halfway through the song, halfway through my ranking, I'm like, yep, yeah, this, yep, okay. So he, Chester was in pain even in 96 to 99. So it's... It's one of those days in our time where we will always remember the day. Like like I said, I wasn't a big Linkin Park fan, but I could tell you exactly where I was when I found out he had passed. Yeah, I had to go to work that day, and the whole time I was uh, I was on autopilot doing front desk at the hotel I was working at at the time. And man, I just... Because we had, we had already lost Chris Cornell earlier that year. Yep. And then to lose... You know, and we all know Chester and Chris were very close. Yep. And that for this to happen, it was just like my God. And I remember they were uh, they had the Blinkin Park tour yep. coming out. Yep, they were going to do their tour with Blink One Eighty Two, and my wife and I were both talking about going to that. And then when Chester passed, I remember the first thing I thought of was, God, I was looking so forward to that. And like it's it's such a selfish thing to say, but yep. it's like that first thought that you have is yep. like. But I will say I did luckily get to see Lincoln Park perform once live in person. Excellent, and they. They are even better live than they are in the album. And as you know, Jeff, not every band can claim that. No, no, definitely but not. The, these guys put on a hell of a show. Um, their newest album was On the Way Out, which was... Uh, I want to say that Minutes to Midnight had either just come out or was about to be released. Because it was 2007. It was at Bamboozle, but I don't remember the time frame of the album release versus when I went to Bamboozle, which took place in the parking lot of Giant Stadium. Okay, so Minutes to Midnight came out May 14th, and that was in April. So yes, this was before the album was officially released. So they played a couple of tracks for us uh, as one of the, you know, like the bonus, like, hey, we've got a new album coming out. Here's a, here's a track from it. And I know they did Given Up and Leave Out All the Rest were two songs that they played and they did this uh they did some crazy like like chester just did vocals for breaking the habit for meteora no instrumentals like he just sang it and it was just so insane to hear how good he was as a singer by himself and they played all the classics that we loved everybody was going nuts and the highlight of the show that was he had just had his son so he goes backstage to try to bring his son out on stage to say hi to us. But he was sleeping. So he leaves him back there. And as he comes out, he goes, sorry, guys, he's sleeping. We're going to leave him. And you just hear somebody in the crowd booze. And Chester's like, what the hell, man? Did you just do a one-year-old? Like, what's the matter with you? 
And and uh, Brad Delson, the guitarist, just leans in. He goes, hey, buddy, do you hate puppies, too? They <laughs> <laughs> we were all laughing and booing the guy. And I just remember there was this big, there was this really tall black guy that was near us that was having a blast. But between every song, he was screaming for Jay-Z because of the uh, the album that they put out with Jay-Z. Yep. Familiar with that one? Uh, I've heard a track or two. I wouldn't say I'm completely familiar with the whole album. Well, it's six tracks, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's surprising how well it works, by the way. Yeah, like you would. I know we're going on a complete tangent here, and this is our podcast, so I don't care. But you would not think that rap and rock of this style would mesh, but we've seen over and over again that it does. So, it really does, yeah. All right, so we're going to go into my ranking, and like I said, this is going to be interesting because, again, I'm coming from a completely different different genre, and my least favorite song off the album is track number four. It's Points of Authority. Okay. What are your thoughts on Points of Authority? Oh, uh, it's definitely not my least favorite track. It's probably somewhere in the middle on my list. Um... Points of Authority is it, it's a it's an interesting song because it didn't get the recognition as a single that I actually kind of thought it should have. But what I found interesting about it was that um, it, it didn't get that popularity. But when you listen to it compared to the other songs that got the big the big runs, like One Step Closer and Paper Cut and Crawling, and in the end, I was just like, I think this song is. It's got a nice, nice tune to it. I'm not sure why it's not getting as much recognition. It just wasn't as popular. Um, what about it specifically? Put it at the end of your. I just, your list. for me, there was just nothing that I could actually relate to. So that, okay. to, that to me was always a big thing. Where again, without being completely familiar, like I look, as I've said many times on this podcast, I'm a classic rock guy. So. Right. Linkin Park is a completely different genre than what I'm listening to. So for me, I had known two songs off this album before sitting down to listening to it yesterday. So it's it may be one of those things that you have to hear over and over again to connect to. And I just never, like I said, because I'd never listened to this album before... I just was like, yeah, it's it's an all right song. There, I liked the melody to it. I liked, like, to me, it sounded like it should have been like a wrestler's theme song. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure somebody out there used. It. Oh yeah, someone in you know, in an independent wrestling has used that as somebody, a theme song. I, I can assure you, somebody's definitely used that one. Yeah, I would say it's probably more towards the middle of my list. I don't have like. I, I can't tell you that I have like an official ranking kind of prepared because I do find this to be a tough album to rank because like I said, I do like most of the songs. There's only one song that I'm truly that like doesn't make my playlist when I do it. And then after that, there's one track that I think is weaker than the others. And then the other 10, I'm like, yeah, I like all of these. So it's it's tough for me, but I can I can understand why Points of Authority would be a, a less popular song if you're not a big Linkin Park person. So I get that. All right, so next up will be the next song off, or right after Points of Authority. It's Crawling, and it was actually the third single released off this album. 
Yes, it was. And again, I, I just there was nothing about it that jumped out that I was like, okay, I could see myself actually listening to this over and over again. Now, again, having not heard this album, I definitely will see myself going, all right, I'm bored. Let me listen to some music. I did enjoy Hybrid Theory. Let me let me give it a second listen to see if maybe I will like certain songs more than I did the first time around. Yeah, this is actually, uh, Chester has actually said that Crawling is the hardest song to perform live just because of the range of the vocals that you have to, uh, you have to do for it. And, uh, um, I'll go ahead and say it now because we're talking about it. If I had to choose a number one song off the album, I actually would go with Crawling. And I know that might sound surprising to people. It's not like I relate to having no control, but this was Chester's ballad about his own substance abuse. It's very powerful, and the uh, the visuals that have come with it, you know, that you get with the capella and everything, is just, to me, this song is the most emotional one off the album, and I feel like he put the most heart into it because of what a personal song it was to him. And I think for that reason more than anything, it's actually at the top of my list for what I would consider to be my favorite hybrid theory song. Alright. And again... Like like what you were saying, if, again, kind of like with Points of Authority, like you said, this probably isn't something that you can relate to. No. So I also do get that, but if you're kind of losing yourself in the moment and putting yourself in his shoes, I do feel like Crawling is probably the most Chester song off the album. Maybe there's another another exception there that we'll talk about. All but right. Yeah, this is a. I think this is a very powerful song, but also it is kind of emotional, so I can also see people not wanting to get attached to it. Yeah. All right. So next up is going to be track number two. It's one step closer. Now, speaking of wrestlers using entrance music. Let me assure you that not only has this happened at shows I've worked, but it's happened with multiple people. Because I'm pretty sure that One Step Closer was used as a pay-per-view theme at one point. And once that happens, we all know what's happening next. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and it was... Everyone's locking in on it. Yep, I mean, it was even on uh, Guitar Hero on tour. Mm -hmm. Uh... It was on Rock Band 2. This is actually not an easy song to play on Rock Band, just for the record. No, it, I, I believe I actually played it on... Because I, I have Guitar Hero on tour. So I yeah, think I did play this easy. one. It was in Dracula 2000. So, so I, I absolutely love this song, and this is probably in my top three, top five. I, I might actually say top three. But I also feel like, as much as I like this song, I definitely feel like One Step Closer is overrated because it was the first single. It's the one that everybody connects to. So I understand its popularity. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, so you've listened to One Step Closer? Yes. You like it? Yes. Cool. Here's 11 more songs for you to listen to. Yeah. And so next up will be track number three, With You. Yeah, this is closer to the bottom on my list as well it's uh it's a good song but it's uh it, it doesn't do anything different on the album with their their own sounds like it's uh it, i feel like this song doesn't have its own identity like some of the other songs do 
Yeah, I could totally. Yeah, I could totally see that. And like, I, I, at this point, it was where okay, listening to these songs for the first time, a lot of them I kept like moving up and down. I'm like, okay, maybe this song is better than no, no, gonna keep this where it was, and so, like, if I'm gonna like have that cutoff point where I'm like everything is good from this point on, I would say that. I enjoyed pretty much the rest of the album at this point where I could move stuff up and down and be completely content with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like when I was doing uh, the Disney ranking on Ranks the Universe. Yep. Available on CKCC Radio now, all six parts. You know, we did that that thing where I'm like, okay, guys, from this point on, I actually like all these movies. Yeah. You know, it was like there was like eight movies at the bottom and then we're in like spot number four. 49 and it's like okay well i like this movie but i happen to like 48 other movies better than this one exactly kind of where you get with that but yeah with you is definitely in the in the lower tier on my list as well it just because it's not bad but it doesn't have its own identity on the rest of the album yeah and and again and what i like is that you know you and i are coming at this from a completely different philosophy and yet we're still going, okay, I can see your point, and I can see your point, and so... Alright, and now we're going to talk track 9, A Place for My Head. And this was the one that I had the hardest time placing. Yeah, place, literally. Yeah. It's a place, a place on the list. It can't find it. Place for My Head is probably right next to With You and Forgotten on my personal ranking. They're in like that, that lower-ish tier, but for different reasons. Um, and again, Place for My Head is, I think it has the same issue as with you. It doesn't have its own identity to make it stand out, which is why it's not a single. But it's still worth your time to listen to. In fact, if I'm, when I'm looking at these, these songs and I'm like playing them in my head, as we always do, this is one of those songs where sometimes I have to struggle to remember exactly what it sounds like. It doesn't have... It isn't as memorable as the other songs are. You know, Crawling sounds different than the rest of the album. One Step Closer sounds different. Yep. Um, songs we haven't mentioned yet sound different. Place for My Head sounds like With You, sounds like Forgotten, sounds like By Myself, which again, I don't have any issues with any of those songs. I mean, two of them we haven't even talked about yet, but they're all next to each other on the list, and to me they're all interchangeable because they don't have their own identity. Yeah, because there were times when I was listening to this, I had to check to see if a new song had started. Yes, and that could be... That's where some issues will come in because you're just like, wait a minute, uh, what happened to the last song? Yeah. I thought I was listening to this. Because a uh, lot of their... Because this is both a good and a bad thing about Linkin Park. They tend to switch sounds in the middle of, in, of a song itself. Mm-hmm. In their, you know, rap rock way so there are times when you're like wait is this a new song or is this the same song I was just listening to yeah I can definitely see that uh, and speaking of by myself it is the seventh song off the album and it's <laughs> next on my list and like you said it's because it, it, it is so interchangeable so yeah it's good though but yeah but again it's uh so wait track seven was number seven yeah, that has happened to me quite a few times, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that works. 
I'm like, and I, there are times when I'm like, do I really want to do that? Do I want to move it just for the sake of it not matching the same track number? No. All right. Now, this should be the fun one based off a comment made on uh, Wrestle Talk. Cause I, know, it, I know exactly where you're going. Because <laughs> my sixth favorite song off the album, Cure for the Itch. <laughs> also, as Dan Peck put it, also known as Chester Plays with All His Toys. Because <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's uh... Now, the reason why I put this at the bottom is because it really isn't a song. It really is just an instrumental experiment. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Compared to the rest of the album, I feel like it's the weakest track. And when I'm building playlists and I'm picking stuff off albums, like I said, I'll put 11 songs from Hybrid Theory on it. But I have a tendency to just skip this one because I'm just like, well, I can't really sing along. Because, again, most of these playlists are things I'm doing when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm doing my deliveries at work or if I'm, go- if I'm driving a long distance somewhere and I want to sing along. You can't really thing along to care for the itch well i mean you can say you know mr han and then you're done yeah but i also appreciate the song for what it is because again it's an experimental thing and chester did have a lot to to play with and a lot to experiment with and he kind of just goes for it he just just like how can i put something together and remix it and get all this stuff in there and i know that uh that johan was involved he did a lot of the. He, he's the guy who did a lot of the drawings and the sketches and everything. But he's also their main turntablist, and he uh, he was the only other person that really did, that really participated with Cure for the Itch. In fact, those are actually his uh, vocals that you hear. It's not even Chester, but they they have a good time with it. They they experiment with what they're doing, but I I can't really call it a song. Yeah, I I call it a uh, a mismatch of sounds that's still kind of rocking, but it's not a song. And again, I I look at having done now a few of these albums. I I find now a lot of artists do like to do a random instrumental in the middle of their album. Van Halen's done it. I know Queen has done a few random instrumentals in their album. So it just seems to be something that bands do nothing wrong with that either and in fact going back to what i was saying before like i told you why it's at the bottom of my list but then again at the same time i mentioned four songs that don't have their own identity and what song has its own identity more than cure for the itch yeah so nothing really like i said it's my least favorite but i don't have anything negative to say about it i love this album all right and next up play a little cure for the itch afterwards (laughs) Next up will be the last song off the album. It's Pushing Me Away. I'm glad to see that made your top five because I think this is a very underrated and underappreciated song. It's uh, it's not often that a non-single gets a lot of attention, but Pushing Me Away is one of those songs that has kind of gotten a bit of an underground following, and I think very deservedly so because when people think of you know, songs ending the album, everybody goes for Numb for Meteora, which again is a classic Linkin Park track. Everybody yep. knows it. Yep. But I think that Pushing Me Away is one of those songs that it's a great way to end the album. It's a great mixture, again, of Chester and Mike's vocals. And it's uh, it's it's underappreciated. And 
I think uh, I think it deserves a lot more recognition <clears throat> from basically from any music buff. And if you've got a copy of Hybrid Theory or you've got it on Spotify or wherever you've got it, go for that last track real quick. Play some Pushing Me Away and just listen to it by itself. Don't even play the rest of the, the album. Just play Pushing Me Away, listen to it. Then, the next time you do your full album listing, tell me that's not a perfect way to end an album. I mean, just even the title alone is a good way to end it. You know, because it's... You could stay there and listen more, or you could push it away. So, and even if you don't have Spotify or iTunes, go to YouTube. Type in Linkin Park Pushing Me Away. Listen to this song. Always go to YouTube and find everything. Exactly. Next up is going to be track number 10. It's Forgotten. Forgotten's close to the bottom of my list, but that's just because it's, um, even though it's heavy and I like that, I don't like Linkin Park's version of heavy as much as I probably should. To me, I would actually prefer to listen to One Step Closer as the heavier track as opposed to Forgotten. But even though it's near the bottom for my list, I think this is another one that doesn't get as much love as it should. And again, like like I said, it's I'm coming from the complete different perspective, so... Again, I have a feeling if I li- the next time I listen to this album, my rankings may be different. That it's just so, going into this being your first time really getting a chance to hear the album. Are you surprised that Forgotten actually isn't a single? Yeah, I was. Because, yeah, see what I mean? Like it's uh, it's Forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> and it shouldn't be. And like I look at like you, you sit there and you're like, okay, what would I make a single out of this album? I would have definitely put Forgotten as a single over because again you look at an album with 12 songs you'd think that there'd be more than four singles i i've covered albums that have had half the album get released it's it's crazy that as great as hybrid theory is people only really hear four or five tracks played regularly and i think that's uh i think that's a travesty all right, and now we're going to go to track number one. It's Paper Cut. Paper Cut is a great track. It's another one. It didn't, it didn't get the single recognition because it was the fourth single. But again, it's a, it's, a really good, it's a really good album opener. Yeah. It's got that right. It's got that perfect intro beat. You know, they kind of do the slow build into mm-hmm. the guitar riffs, and then they cut in. They drop your lyrics. You get to your chorus. And it it's a per, it, it's a great way to not just intro the album, but to intro the band. Yeah, really. And that's what I was gonna say because again, it's the first song off the first album, so you need something that's going to immediately connect to the audience. And I think it does. I think it does a great job of that. Yep, and it was the last single off the album as well. And it shouldn't have been. There should have been more. But yes. I can argue that all day. And so I'll, I'll give you a story about Paper Cut real quick. Uh-huh. Going back to indie wrestlers using themes. The very first show I ever did, May 14th, 2005, Matamoros Firehouse for World Star Wrestling. The very first match that I did an introduction for was Little Billy Johnson 
who came out to an Andrew W.K. song. Is it Party Hard? No, it was Ready to Die. Oh, okay. And he faced Joseph Brooks, who came out to Paper Cut by Linkin Park. And I and I didn't really know these guys, because again, it's my first ever show, so I still had some Markness going on in me. But I'm like, I really want the babyface to win, because he picked the better song. <laughs> and the babyface did go over. For those of you who are not wrestling fans, I highly recommend going to an independent show just to see the complete randomness of what people select as their intro music. Don't care if you don't give a crap what's happening in the ring. I I go to a place called Northeast Wrestling, and I have seen everything from Backstreet Boys to Whitney Houston as an intro. I'll give a shout out to uh, I'll give a shout out to L Shoes. I doubt he's listening to this, but he's come out to some of the greatest entrance songs ever because his entire character is based on being a, a big big fat goofy comedy guy. And one of my favorite ones that he ever did was he came out to Fame by Irene Cara. <laughs> But did, did but did he live forever? <laughs> no, he lost. Uh, the best part is, I booked that show and I booked him to lose. So now you have to. That's my that's my fault. All right. Sorry, shoots. And so that leaves my favorite track off the album because it is the one that it you know we sit there and talk about what was the first song you learned from a certain band. For me, it was in the end. So because of that, it's what I always connect when I think of Linkin Park. And I do have a weird emotional attachment did to that we, song. Did we miss Runaway? Did I miss Runaway? I think we did. Hold on, let me take a look. Oh, yeah, I didn't even put Runaway on my list. Huh. huh must have ran away. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, uh, no disrespect to Runaway. But it's part of the interchangeable songs for me, so... I guess I must have not realized that the song changed. Cause, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, I only ranked 11 songs. <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about Runaway, is uh, even though it has probably the least amount of rap involved with it, it's, uh, it's kind of a forgotten track. And it's really not one of the better ones. It's low tier for me. So let's go past that, though. Clearly, it was low key, low tier for me too. So, well, considering that we both forgot about it, <laughs> so I guess yeah, that explains that. Yes, but I think in the end is a perfect choice for number one. It's my number two off the album personally, and it's the single that I think I believe had the most success. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, it was the most. Well, let's see, because I'm pretty it sure absolutely. it deserved it too let's see because as far as the rankings go it hit number one in as a f alternative song and in mainstream top 40 and yes. was 15th in adult top 40 and was number two on the billboard so which is that's that's crazy good hey it peaked number one in poland yep <laughs> lincoln park is over in poland uh romania apparently doesn't care about lincoln park but who cares about Romania? Unless you're listening in Romania, then we love you. They probably love Dracula. So, yeah, I mean, I... To me, this song is what... when, Like I said, whenever I think Linkin Park, the first thing that pops in my head is in the end. And I think, I think it's, that's true for a lot of people. And there's... I And I, and I get it, because it's just such a... Uh, just it, It's such a classic track. 
it perfectly demonstrates what Linkin Park can do performance-wise. And the the combination of their voices in this song is, I think, what helped propel the band. So I agree. Yeah, because like, like, yeah, every one step closer probably introduced a lot of people to it. Um, and then, of course, Crawling and Paper Cut were singles as well. But I think most people, when they think early Linkin Park, probably come up with In the End, which is still played regularly. Yep. It's probably played, as I think of all the Hybrid Theory songs, I think I hear this one the most played regularly. Like, yeah, we get, I, I hear One Step Closer and I hear Crawling quite a bit on the rock station I listen to, but it's In the End is a very, very common one, at least from this album. And again, I absolutely love this song. I think it's one of the one of the absolute best that they've done. And if you guys get a chance to watch the video, in fact, I'd recommend that. Go to YouTube, check out the video. It's really cool, especially the uh, the CGI effects in it and the fact that they shot a lot of it on the uh, OzFest tour. And you can see a lot of parts of that, too. So, yeah, uh, definitely check out the video. I think it's really, really good. And I think, I think that's a perfect choice for your number one is in the end. Because, like I said, it's number two on my list overall. And, and I, even though it's a single, and sometimes I, I kind of feel like I'm copping out by putting the single at the top of the list, because I'm like, yeah, that's the one everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a reason a lot of these songs are singles. Yep, exactly. Because they are the best songs off the album. Like, like yes, I love Disturbed, and I absolutely love the music that they've put out on all their albums, but there's a reason why Down With The Sickness is so damn popular because it's their it's their sound it's their vocal track and it's their it's their signature sound like you say disturbed the first thing people are gonna say is ooh ah 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 yeah I wasn't even gonna attempt to duplicate that because I just you can't even do it justice but everybody knows it you know you think of you think of a band like Metallica and a lot of the tracks that first come to mind are songs like Enter Sandman and Fuel and One and and Master of Puppets Monster of Puppets, exactly. Uh, the Unforgiven, like, the, and you're just like, well, they've got other great songs, but you listen to them in comparison, you're like, no, I, I get it. They chose this as the best. And, yep. You know, I love, I love Aerosmith, is as we we both do. Yep. But we all know that their singles really are their best songs. Yep. And that's not to say that they don't produce other good music, but it's just like, man, this is a great song, but. Then you start playing a little, a little love in the elevator, and you're just like, "Well, damn." Yeah, and like, especially with a band like Aerosmith, where some of their non-singles are just as good, and then there's some that you're just like, "This is terrible." Yeah, like, because at one point I want to do Permanent Vacation, which has some of the best sing- best songs, and then some of the worst. I agree with that one, but it would be that would be a fun one to do, yeah. But uh, you know, and I'll 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 tie this into another one of my favorite artists of all time, Weird Al Yankovic. I love yep. Weird Al's music, but when you listen to the songs that are popular and that that track, you know the the parodies that everybody pays attention to, and then you listen to the other parodies, it's like. You, you understand why everybody goes nuts mm-hmm. over Amish Paradise. Yep. But nobody's really going nuts over Aluminum Foil. Yeah. 
it's not that it's a bad parody, but it's not yeah. not nearly as good. But yeah, like so so yeah, I think uh I think in the end is one hundred percent the uh the best song off the album even even if it's not my personal favorite objectively speaking it's definitely the best and i uh, again i I was flip-flopping between in the end and paper cut but i think because of the fact that it was like we said the first song i knew and because it is one of their most popular ones i did give it to in the end in the end a paper cut's great too there's no doubt about it all right, so that's going to wrap up our hybrid theory talk. All right, so looking forward to in two weeks when I'm going to review an album from Fleetwood Mac. It will be the 1977 album, Rumors. That's awesome. That's a great choice. Because I, I want to, you know, keep doing different genres i you know i've done classic rock and there's no way you could call fleetwood mac rock so i it's a different genre for this podcast i want to keep expanding what i listen to and i just i want to give some love to like i said a lot of different artists and a lot of different genres so right but you also want to review stuff that you yourself are are fans of too and i know you you said before you you're a big fleetwood mac guy so that's that should actually be fun for you. Yeah, and this is another album that I've never listened to from start to finish. So this you might should be discover something that'll surprise you. Yeah. And that that's one of the other reasons why I like doing this podcast is finding new music to listen to as well. All right, so that's going to wrap up another edition of Ranking Tracks. Chris, thank you for your time. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be part of any of the shows here on CKCC Radio, and even more of a pleasure just to talk about my all-time favorite album, and an album that is just very important to me personally. So I'm, uh, it was a, it was an absolute pleasure, privilege, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to just talk hybrid theory with you. And I'm very happy that you enjoyed what you listened to, not being big not knowledgeable on Lincoln Park so if they can if they can transform you with hybrid theory it's just like they transformed me they'll you'll def, if you it's going to be like oh man I want to hear some more Lincoln Park now because yep. that's how it was for me yep and you and I've discussed you want to come back cuz I will definitely be doing some weird owl so you're any weird owl I want in on that <laughs> yeah I've got opinions I love weird owl he's one of my favorite artists of all time but my god I can definitely bury some of those parodies versus others, which are incredible. Yes. So, uh, I have a lot of different... I have a list of other albums I want to do, uh, including a couple different Aerosmiths. So, again, you're welcome on those, because I think I want to... Before I do Permanent Vacation, I think Get a Grip would be a fun album to do. So. Okay. So we'll see when our schedules can link up again. And in the meantime, thank you for listening to this edition of Ranking Tracks. And uh, have a good one, everybody. Thanks again.